Welcome back, Crack fans. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Thieneman. Really excited for you all to hear my conversation with blue chip prospect Adam Neff this week. Um, Adam and I discussed his difficult last year battling a lingering illness and his return to court this summer. We also got a chance to discuss his experience playing at the Necker Cup, which if you all haven't heard, I definitely hadn't, is uh, held on Sir Richard Branson's Island in the Caribbean down in the British Virgin Islands. Sir Richard, you need to have the crack team out for a weekend, that's for sure. (laughs) Anyway, we have U.S. Open coverage coming out this next week for you all. And actually, right now, I just got done watching the Fed Tiafo fifth setter. Uh, Couldn't believe that the young American was taking him the distance there. I thought he had a real shot going down the stretch in the fifth set, but couldn't hold on. Anyway... We've got a lot of intriguing interviews on the way for you all. We've got J.J. Wolf from Ohio State coming up this week and uh, Coach David Roditi from TCU. And then also on the horizon, we've got gold ball doubles winners, Will Grant and Tyler Zink. And then, you know, a few other interviews on the way. But now for my conversation with up and coming blue chip prospect and the number one player in the 2020 class, Adam Neff. Enjoy. Tonight on Cracked Racket, we are joined by the number one junior in the 2020 class, Adam Neff. The Cracked Racket team is very excited about this, very thrilled to have Adam on. He's had an illustrious career so far in uh, the juniors and definitely excited to see, uh, you know, an inside scoop to Adam's career so far. So, Adam, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, and I know, you know, we've talked back and forth. What do you, uh, what do you think of this idea? Yeah, uh, like I said before, I've just been waiting for somebody to come out with something like this. You know, I love the uh, the NBA's idea with it, and tennis really needed something to kind of bring itself out because it's kind of, especially in the U.S., it's kind of fallen off with, you know, the losses of Roddick and Sampras and Agassi. We haven't really had that elite tennis player to bring tennis back in America, and hopefully this is something that will do it. Tell us a little bit about, yourself and how you originally got into the game you know it's, it's a funny story actually i was uh born in miami moved to ohio and you know originally wanted to become a baseball player so uh my dad thought it'd be a good idea to try tennis out it would help the hand-eye coordination for baseball but you know i just fell in love with tennis when i was four almost five and haven't ever picked up a baseball bat ever since and <laughs> <laughs> tennis racket ever ever since so, then so is your dad a big baseball guy then or uh he was a basketball player in college but you know just when you're a kid you're trying to trying everything so but yeah. tennis kind of took off when when it was the main thing i wanted to do since ever since then sure so when did it all click for you i mean was there a certain moment was there a certain tournament win that stands out in your mind and you were like adam I know I could play at an elite level. You know, it it, it would have to be uh, 12's Easter Bowl. 
I want to say that was in 2012, I believe. I ended up actually winning the tournament, but that was kind of the real, like, wow moment where, where I can do something with this and hopefully hit the next level. I mean, even though it's 12, I mean, even when you're that young, you still have a, a dream and a goal. And that was really the moment where I thought I could do something with it. Yeah, and talk a little more about, and I know you'd love to go pro, is is that your long-term goal there? Is that, yeah, uh, that's that's the number one goal for me. But, I mean, obviously, college is always an option. If that's the route I need to take for the long haul, then I'll take that route. But going pro is the number one goal for me. Yeah, well, and, and recently there's been a lot of co- uh, collegiate players that um, have experienced a lot of success at the professional level after going to college. Yeah. You know, John Isner. Yeah, John uh, Isner. Stevie, Stevie Johnson. Um, Evan Anderson. Yeah. Steve Ram, all those guys. Exactly. So there's, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's a platform for you to mature more and just grows your game and just gives you more opportunities. Absolutely. So correct me if I'm wrong. You uh, you played the Junior U.S. Open last year, right? Yep. Yep. Was that the first time playing that tournament? Yeah, it was my first slam. Hopefully how, the first uh, many, but <laughs> it was my first one. Yeah. So how how was that? Walk us through, you know, walking into wow. the facility for the first I mean, time. and That was just a surreal experience, you know. I haven't actually ever – well, excuse me. I've been to the French as a spectator, but uh, just being a player, it's just – being able to walk around with a badge, as cheesy as that sounds, it's just <laughs> no. It's, uh, being able to go through the locker rooms is just it's surreal. It's, I mean, it's what you work for to get to those, those stages and those moments, and it's definitely a dream come true to go there last year. Okay, so um, you're currently number one in the country. I know you you mentioned uh, before that you had some illnesses last year for for some time. Is there uh, you know, what kind of goals have you set for yourself short term here the next, you know, six months to a year? Well, you know, about a couple months ago, I just set a goal to try and be ready for Kalamazoo as good as possible. And uh, uh, I think I'm about to reach that one. You know, obviously making it back to the open, that's another big goal of mine. You know, I'm just honestly just happy to be back out there. I you know, bet. I when bet. It's, when it's taken away from you like that, it just gives you a new appreciation. And I usually like to think big. And if you miss, if you miss that, well, you made it pretty good. But instead of aiming low and hitting it, so exactly, exactly. If you if you shoot for the stars, you you know you can land on a cloud. Exactly. Big. I yep. love it. Love that mentality. Um, so what you know in terms of your focus, what do you? And I know it's it's. I mean, you're getting back to full health now. But is there a certain uh, thing in your conditioning regimen that you're trying to strengthen? Is there something in your diet uh, that you've implemented or a part of your game that you're working on right now? You know, it's pretty funny that you mentioned diet. Uh, you know, after all this illness that I had, I I got pretty ill pretty often, and I'm on a pretty restrictive diet actually just uh no gluten no dairy nothing involving histamine and uh no soy just you know just plain and simple <laughs> just meat and veggies and fruits and yeah just as whole food as you can 
<laughs> so I mean, probably a lot of organic food, a lot of protein. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, just That's on the a... conditioning part, it's just you know, tennis kind of has a different conditioning that you can't really get back in the gym once once you're off for that long. But like the match endurance, I'm trying to get that back. You know, like I kind of sh- think the short burst kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but honestly, also the the nervous energy endurance that you have to have, which is hard to practice, but you get that a lot in tournaments and, uh, you know, just trying to get that back after being out for so long. That's a big goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure if anybody can do it, you can. Uh, so what's, what's your living situation like when you, when you travel to most of these tournaments, are you staying, you know, with your dad, with your coach? Um, are you in a hotel room? Uh, for the most part, uh, it's always with my coach, always in a hotel room, you know, it's kind of tough traveling with my parents cause they're both full-time working. And I mean, just the coach, it makes it so much easier to have that other pair of eyes there that knows tennis so well. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, who's, who's your coach? Uh, Brandon Wagner. Okay. Has that been a, your long-term uh, I've had him for the past year and a half. He was the former USF assistant coach, and okay. he uh, coached John Isner actually in the beginning of his career. Nice. So, sweet. Yeah. So he's uh, did he play collegiate tennis as well? Yeah, he played at Georgia. Oh, so that's he was the there. connection there. Yep, <laughs> he was there <laughs> when they won the Natty, and he played. Two and three for him. Oh, that's sick. Is he a big he's, guy? He's six two. Yeah. Yeah. He's relatively big. Yeah, I got you. He got um, to about three hundred ATP, and so he was a pretty good player. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I bet you he has some cool stories from Isner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of sticks are you rocking? What what uh what strings do you use? What apparel do you wear? You know, uh, it's been about five years since I first got sponsored by Nike and that's been a blessing. I'm so thankful for that. And hopefully I'll be able to ride Nike throughout my whole career. And, uh, they've been just amazing. But sticks wise, I was with the pro staff for a couple of years, but currently I'm with the blade on the Wilson side right now. And I'm also using the Lux Alu power. So just Wilson and Nike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Nike, I mean, they seem like they're coming out with some very cool stuff. I mean, you know, sending you yeah, all the they're brand more, new. They're kind of trying to throw the colors out there compared to colors and designs compared to where Adidas keeps it plain and simple. Nike's going the complete opposite direction. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, I mean, you've you've obviously been all over the country and the world for your tennis career. Is there a certain place that that you love to travel to? I was about eight or nine. I know that kind of seems crazy, but I was eight or nine. I went over to Croatia in the Zagreb area, and Croatia is just a beautiful place. I'd have to say that was probably one of my favorite places I've traveled to. Um, But obviously that was for a tournament, but non-tournament, I have to say the Necker Islands in the British Virgin Islands. It's a... the owner of 
Was it is it uh, is it the owner of a uh, in tennis related or is it? Yeah, yeah, it's tennis related. It's it's an event. It's not really a tournament. Uh, Sir Richard Branson's Island. Oh, nice. Yeah, he. I actually won a qualifying tournament to be able to, to go to his islands and. Uh, there are three islands, and uh, I got to stay off at one of the offshore islands. And the year I went, you know, the two previous years before, Rafa and Novak and Fed had all went to the event, and uh, you know, just to unwind and a giant tennis stadium on the island. And the year I went, it was Navratilova, Tracy Austin, uh, Kevin Anderson, Donald Young. You know, it's just a lot for the players to come unwind, have a good time, and, you know, because it's a pretty expensive trip to be able to go, but I was fortunate enough to win that tournament to be able to go, and it was just crazy experience. It's oh, crazy the places that that tennis takes you. It's it's pretty unreal, I bet. That's, uh, that, sounds, that sounds like a, yeah, a I dream a, or like out of a movie or something. So is that like an annual event? Yeah, it happens every year. Every year, same spot. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get plugged in there somehow. I, I don't think I'll qualify, but <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, might have to make like a hefty donation. Yeah, it was a. Usually, it's one American boy and one British girl, and they flip flop it every year. It's usually fourteen and unders. Okay, interesting. That's sick, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you know, we'll keep up with this travel situation. What's the weirdest thing we would find in your tennis bag at any time? Is there like a, we've had a couple answers, like a deck of cards. We've had a, a bunny rabbit, a stuffed bunny rabbit. Is there anything? Uh... <laughs> you know, I like, I like to keep my bag pretty neat and clean, but yeah. for the non like hardcore tennis player, I have a little device that straightens the strings for me. I'd say that, have to, that would have to be the weirdest thing. That I have, I don't usually like to keep a whole lot in the bag. Just clean and simple. <laughs> sure, sure. What, what? So, what is that? Is that a uh, like a technical kind of thing that you just? It almost has it? some gears on it, and it just you can roll it up and down the racket and just straight straighten them out. Interesting. I've never, and I've played tennis, you know, a few years now. I'm an old guy, but it's. Uh, <laughs> it's I, I haven't heard of that. I'm gonna have to get me one. But anyway, so you probably saw this coming a mile away. This is the name of the website, of course. What do you think of the name, by yeah. the way? Cracked Rackets. Is it? Is it? Yeah, that's pretty creative. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little funky. We, uh, you know, we're trying to keep it fun and lighthearted. But yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so, how many rackets have you cracked? Uh, you know, maybe the last couple of years. Have you tossed your racket a little bit uh, here? And you know, the last couple of years, I. I haven't had a problem with that. Uh, in the, kind of in the beginning, I was a little bit of a hothead, but I'd say on purpose, four. I've about two on accident, you know. Yeah. Actually, yeah. the grip slipping, like not just the excuse that the kid <laughs> makes in a 12 and under is, oh, my grip slipped. <laughs> <laughs> and the officials but, on him and point yeah, penalty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the biggest one, the biggest one was both sides, actually. Yeah, that was probably the worst one I've had. <laughs> uh, what's your most embarrassing moment on the court? It could be, you know, you fell in front of a, a group of people, or you whipped <laughs> a ball or whatever. 
you know, I mean, not many people know this story. I was 10, I want to say, playing in my first Eddie Hurd, coming off of uh, – I was going into the second round, coming off of a really long first-round match that I managed to pull out. And I drew the one seed in the second round. I was already kind of kind of fried going into it, and I was just getting my butt kicked. And down 6-0, 4-0, and I get – I want to say it was my first game point of the match – and I set up a really good point, and the guy throws up a lob. It lands in the middle of the service box, and, uh, you know, my dad, he was just so overly excited, and he wasn't didn't really notice that the point was over yet. He uh, <laughs> he started to, scream, like, clap and cheer really loud, like, while the lob was still coming down and I managed to shank it in the bottom of the net and lose oh no <laughs> and not and not get my first game. <laughs> but also I'm sure a lot of people have heard this one, but the Easter Bowl final where I <laughs> cracked or I didn't crack but I broke all my strings and had to use a spectator's racket for three games in the final set and No way. In 2015? Yeah, the, the year I won it against Jaser. I went through the first set fine, played with a new racket, and popped it in the middle of the second set. Uh, I was down 6-1, 4-1, popped it, grabbed a new stick, popped it, and it gets a 3-4 in the second, and 5-4, popped another one, <laughs> win the set, 6-4. I get to... 30-15 the first game, pop a string, Oh my! 30-all, pop another string, win the game, lose the next game, 1-all, and 30-all in a 1-all game, I pop a, my final string, and, you know, my, my dad and my coach are just scramming everywhere to get a racket strung, and, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I pull out a broken string racket? But the cameraman on the side of the court, he said, hey, I got I have a an old blade that you can use. I managed to use his uh, his racket for three games, and actually, so what, what was the score? Whatever you 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 popped your last three. Uh, one all thirty thirty all in the third set. <laughs> and what? I managed to stay on serve with the racket at three two. Jace, you're serving, and then actually pulled pulled the match out six four in the third. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, yeah it was probably the ball craziest the biggest match stage. of my life. Yeah. And he yeah. knew it. So you popped that six strings? Six within strings? within a set and a half. I mean. So were they older, like older rack, like they had used already? Or was it I had really hot out? Two, yeah, two brand new. And the second brand new one kind of shanked and popped. So like, you know how that sometimes happens. Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. the four others were. Kind of old, but weren't really wild, that old. What a, I just didn't yeah. keep that good track of them. And <laughs> like, what are the yeah. odds of that happening in that short? Yeah, year? I'll never make that mistake again, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's crazy. Um, great story. I like that. Um, and I'm sure a lot of guys already know about that one. Um, yeah, it was just you know it was just such a unique and wild story that it kind of <laughs> went out there a lot. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so we'll move on. Different segment, different, uh, definitely a fan favorite as well, the rapid fire segment. So I'm going to throw out five to ten questions as, as quick as possible. You're going to answer with one word. All right, here we go. Here we go. Who's your favorite tennis player? Rafa. If you were forced to give up a stroke in tennis, what would it be? Slice. What's your favorite Super Smash Brothers character on Nintendo 64? Yoshi. Never played? Yoshi? Okay. Favorite thing to do in your spare time, non-tennis related? Golf. Favorite meal off the court? Lobster. Best tennis court surface? Hard. Best snack on the court? Banana. Most entertaining player on the tour right now? Montez. Favorite TV show? Shooter. Favorite song right now? Middle of a memory. Favorite sports star, non-tennis related? LeBron James. Favorite documentary? Uh, Ray Lewis, Football Life. Have you ever, this is a yes or no question, have you ever skunked someone in ping pong? Yes. <laughs> Finish the sentence. My favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is? The smell. Oh, my. So, all right, we're done. Well done. So, uh, yeah, thank you for your time tonight, Adam. You shared thank some, you for having some, me. some fun insights for sure. And yeah. uh, once, you know, Cracked Rackets is on top of the tennis world and, and the best website out there. We, Glad uh, to be we'll, first, we'll have, one of the first to name. Absolutely. We'll, we'll have you back on when you're uh, you're on the pro tour and playing the <laughs> Open one day. How about that? Sounds great. Sounds great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. We'll talk soon, brother. Thank you. I skill the real taste your life with the sinker. Today we'll drink coffee in my kitchen. I made sure it ain't never sunk. I just wanted to go away. You decide to stay in the world. I want to be forgiven. I don't like this kid. Thanks for listening to my chat with Adam, guys. As you can tell, he's had a difficult year. Uh, but it's definitely extremely impressive that he maintained his number one ranking in the 2020 class throughout all that. Adam definitely has a bright future ahead. And wanted to thank you guys again for all your support throughout the first month. Definitely go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and go like the Facebook page. And look forward to seeing you all next time with our guy J.J. Wolf from Ohio State. Take care, crack fans.